What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike and Max Off-Road Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Austin. And I'm Max Kraus, and this episode is brought to you by Rock Hard Whips. The link's in our bio. Check them out for all your LED whip needs at rockhardwhips.com. Next week, we're going to get into the install, what we think about them, how we like them, how we don't like them. Yeah, because I haven't put one in yet. Yeah, right? I got mine installed. I didn't read I'm doing notes, really good so. on my Rock Hard Whip. <laughs> right. Can't wait to get rock hard. With my whip. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're good. And this show is brought to you by Keep It Simple Off Road. Anyway, we're over here at our buddy Todd's house. Todd of Tease Cases. You're an NP205 specialist, right? Yes. All right. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. I have music and stuff later, you know, so it's a little <laughs> more professional. So we're over here. Actually, um, this is a, a serious podcast. Like, we're bringing, like, uh, we came to talk to you because Max and I both run 205 cases. I believe it's the strongest case on the market out there. It's yes. even stronger than the Magnum or uh, than the Atlas, I believe, yes. size wise. So, um, yeah, man, tell us who you are, how you got into this industry, and we'll just kind of roll with it and see how it goes. My name is Todd. I've been doing the 205s for probably close to 20 years. It officially became a business about 15 years ago. Um, I was in Southern California, had my own shop for 12 and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, at one point, it just got too crazy having a shop, so I then closed the shop, brought the business to my home. Um, I ran it there in Chino Hills for many years, and finally decided we have to get out of California, and Arizona was a good place to go, so that's yeah. where we're at now. And I think you told me Todd might live out in the West Valley, or, or Todd had reached out because you, he saw us talking on the podcast, I think. And he said, hey, I'm in Goodyear no, I I or Buckeye. You. I messaged you or something, texted you, and I was yeah. like, I go, we're in Goodyear, you're in Goodyear. That's yeah. what I saw. Is you're right. like, we're in Goodyear. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's it? Wait a minute. And I'm like, yeah. we're in Goodyear. <laughs> yeah. Goodyear's tiny. Yeah, it so, is. It's small. It's nice here. And yeah. I, I was still in the middle of building my 205 transfer case, the Ford 205. Right. And um, I actually ended up coming over here. And wh- what did I get? I got a yoke, a front yoke, a rear flange. A shift linkage kit, I think. I believe so. And the indent adjusters or no? Did that come from here? I, I think I already had. I think I ordered oh, okay. that. Yeah, yeah. But you had all of it and like tons of advice. I think we chatted for like an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Easy. That, that's, that's one thing I you will find that I will do. All my customers will find. Yeah. I don't mind taking your call or if you can stop by. Um, I've spent countless hours on the phone with many people. Many of those people end up not buying parts from me, but you know what? I, I don't care. Yeah. It, I'm in it for the the fun and helping people out. Um, so if, if anybody needs any advice, any knowledge or anything, give me a call. Perfect. You know, I, I keep long hours early in the morning to late at night, pretty much seven days a week. Um, text is always best, and I definitely will get back to you. You know, if you call and I can't answer the phone, I will call you back. That's amazing. Yeah, this that's is, good service. That's incredible. Like, so for twenty years, like you, we were talking earlier that the trans the two hundred five case really isn't that difficult. I mean, it's Correct. a good starter one if you're going to learn, right? Yes. And there's books out there. Some inter- every internet video I found always leaves something out. You know what I mean? Even mine. Mm-hmm. I've, after I've rewatched it and I followed the book, the uh, it also I could tell where I looked. What'd you, a few what'd you, what'd you leave out to so, tell our fans who are watching it? it it's in there, but like, uh, like I tried to you. It's in there previously because there's a lot of duplications on that case. So, um, it's in there on one spot, and I didn't re-mention it on uh, the next spot. Is all. Okay, so if okay. you were paying attention, you would have known 
by default. Have but, you happened to have seen his 205 rebuild video? I don't think I did. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen it. Probably it's don't that, need to. But You're not no, looking for help. Well, no, but, I, <laughs> but it, it would be right up your alley of like to see what other people think and are doing. I mean, so right. I, I got the basically, I just bought that book from um, was Torque King 4x4 mm-hmm. or whatever. And I mean, the book's fantastic. You, you can literally. If you can change batteries in a car, I think you. If you could change a water pump on a car, I think you could rebuild this with that book handy. Yeah, yeah, it, it is really good. There, there's a couple of things that you have in there that are a step further than you have to go. A lot of people think when you set up the idler gear that you have to put the idler shaft and the idler gear, the shims and bearings in the case and torque it down to get your measurement. You and. Oh. That will make you put that gear inside the transfer case five Over or six times till you get it right. And you could possibly burn up the threads on the idler shaft. Oh, wow. So there's a way to do it on the bench. One time done, and when you put it back oh. in the case, it, it'll, it'll be perfect. There's that's, that's where all the tricks come. And, and it doesn't matter. Like, it, like you're not talking about if you started with when you already know the shim pack that was in there and you pre-measured it coming apart or are you talking like you could go grab an empty case any 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 idler shaft and idler gear assembly set up correctly in the vice yep. will fit in any case it really? doesn't matter because if you think about it the back side of the idler shaft just floats in the case right yeah it's tight but it floats it's not like it has to go in a certain distance or be out a certain distance it floats so the case has nothing to do with adjusting the shims correctly really now see now we're interested because i i did struggle with it like i think i went in and out five times and at one point the shim the shit what it was calling for for shims was opposite it was making it worse instead Mm -hmm. of getting better and i thought it was because it couldn't compress the case together because right. so that's what I was thinking, but that's not not the case. No, it, the the more shims you put in there, the looser it's going to be. The least shims you put in there, it's going to be too tight. Could that cause a vibration mm. if it's loose? Still no. Yeah, we're going to no. get into no. that later. You'll, what you'll have <laughs> with the shim pack being loose is a lot of backlash. It's oh, okay. just like a differential with ring and pinion. You're well, going to have clunking, 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 and noise. If we can, like, we'll talk about this later when we get in more depth. I want to find out more about you. The um, When we get into it in depth, I would like to try to eliminate the transfer case and the, the magnet box from creating a vibration. Then mm-hmm. I would know it has to be in the trans, in the has to be in the fat shaft install on the on the SM465 right. down the road. And I, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to steer you towards the drive lines. I've had freshly built cases several times that the customers call back and say it's making a god-awful rackety noise on the freeway and vibrating. And the very first one, this guy Carson Borg has become a good friend. Um, he had called me and said he has this problem. And I was like, let me come over and look. So I drove to the customer's house. And again, I don't charge for this. I help him out. It's no big deal. I get to his house. He's got his truck up on jack stands with a tow strap tied to the the back bumper of the truck so he can run this thing up in the air. And I'm thinking, you're crazy, Karsten. That's what I was about to do. (laughs) Go rent a dyno. So we we looked at it. I troubleshoot it i'm like i i don't know it sounds like transfer case i says you know what let's take it out i'm gonna go through it again well i took it out 
I didn't find anything wrong, but instead of having to scrape off gaskets and all that on this case, I just built him a whole complete another case. It was wow. in a forest fort. And I took it back to his house. We put it in. Same exact noise. Uh, it's like, Carson, there's not one part in this transfer case that was there the first time. It's got to be something else. Yep. That's a good way to eliminate it. Turns out it was his rear driveline angle, just too much of an angle. Hmm. Um, he went to a driveline shop, and the guy looked. Apparently, somebody he knew, the guy looked at it, he says, oh, it's your driveline. Built him a new driveline. Problem solved. So I have now done two drivelines, brand new, same deal. Mm-hmm. I've lowered the transfer case, same deal. I've raised the tra- trying to get the angles better. Right. Uh, lowered the back of the transfer case, same deal. Um, you, you had that offset pinion too, I, and, I, and we moved the axle yeah. so it's a straight drive line. Yeah, I, still I'm has the vibration. The so I, so I am offset just a hair, right. uh, about an inch and a half, which is quite a lot, but a hair, you know. So I did. I was talking with Steve Steve Watson, and um, he said scoot that drive line and straight in line, and I did that, and still there. So. Uh, the only thing I haven't done is I do now have a new front drive shaft that's balanced. Mm-hmm. Is I haven't yanked the old the back drive shaft out and got it up to speed because I got to go sixty five to get it to vibrate. Right. And doing that just on the front has got me a little scared. You, so you, I'm going to tell you, I I will bet you that you're going to have to change to a CV setup on the rear drive line. Every time we've had this problem, it is, it is a CV now. Yep. That's all always been the problem. Yeah. That's that's what I've been chasing for a long time, and yeah. So we did but, do, but didn't it start when you did the doubler install? Yep. That, or at least that's when you noticed it, right? So I definitely there was definitely no vibration, and I was on leaf springs, and I had two, regular two hundred five to SM four sixty five. I went four link triangulated rear. Um, I that moved the case back because I got the shorty adapter. Right. So I moved ended up moving the case back three inches or six inches. I think it was three. It was very very little it was probably overall. The three inch. Yeah. Okay, so it moved it back. So that did steepen the angle on it. Um, I did switch. Yeah. So taking off the rear leaf spring, someone had mentioned maybe you just never noticed the vibration with the leaf springs, and now you do when you're on links. Mm-hmm. But I do have Johnny joints, so they still got some sort of cushion in there, you know. Um, but it definitely came. At the so I did all that at the same time the doubler and the link at the same one one rebuild, so then I thought it was the clutch, so I pulled the clutch out, um, took it to a machine sh- or to a race shop, and they said it was out like I forget the number, but it was out. So they rebalanced it. We bought a secondary one. Excuse me, rebalanced. We balanced it to the pressure plate to the to everything was balanced. I put it back in. Double check to make sure I had everything torqued because I also heard maybe it came loose, you know. Right. So I checked really cautious, putting everything back in. Same deal. And these ones are a brand new clutch, mm-hmm. different clutch setup, brand new, also balanced from a race shop down to ten whatever it is, whatever they mm-hmm. talk about. Like all there's holes in it, you know. Right. And the um, yeah, same exact thing from sixty to sixty five, and it's there. So wow. I have no idea. Well, I I can offer. Cruise it by here. Let's see what we can see. Yeah. There, maybe there's something I might see that pops up into my head saying that's, you know, this is something we've got to look at. Or maybe yeah. you can even take them on a ride to feel the vibration. Yeah. yeah. So some people, so I also, because I drive it everywhere and I'm the one driving it, I feel everything. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you may have to just drive it, you know what I mean, and get it up to speed and whatever. So because it, I've, I've had other people sit in the passenger seat and say they can't feel anything. Yeah. Right. So, But I know it's there, and I know it's pretty wicked. You could feel it in the pedals in your butt. you know. So, so this is not something you're just making up in your head? And No, it's de- yeah, it's <laughs> definitely. Well, first I thought it might have been the engine, you know, but it never oh. was there until I did that build then I, when I did it, and right. it's still there. I've changed right. tires since then. I've done a, you know, yeah. everything else the gamut on it. But, yeah, I was op- yeah. we'll have to just take you for a ride, or you yeah. have to just come drive it. Yeah, whenever you're ready. That's awesome. It. But how nice. 
that you're still willing to look. It wasn't even I'll pay you for your it build. Your, your time. Yeah. Trust me, it, I I don't even accept money for stuff like that. I I like solving problems for one thing, and for two, it's just it's something. I don't know. I I. It's a challenge. Just don't. Yeah, it's a challenge, and I don't charge for stuff like that. Let me ask this. This was one of the questions that showed up on my video of this, and somebody had said, do the shim stacks have to be split, or do they have to be on a particular side? They can be anywhere as long as they're between the bearings. Yep. They can okay. be split. They can anywhere. They have to be between the bearings. I was bearings. hoping that might have been it, too. But nope. See, we keep eliminating everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, going back to the one thing we were talking about, the shims, and uh, you said if you pre-measured the shims when you took them out um a lot of people think that it will be the same shims when you put it back together so if you take your case out you rebuild it you put it back together out of all the cases i've ever done i don't think i have even one time put back in the same quantity or thickness of shims that i took Wait, out why is that because because it- what changes when you put new bearings Oh, and you do new bearings, right? You right, right. You do new bearings, right? Okay, so so for my instance, um, when I I had rebuilt it, I rebuilt it prior and, and then put it in the Jeep. Then when I put the Magnum box on it, I didn't rebuild it. I just you tore it apart, cleaned it because you had to, I had to bore out that front bearing to right. the larger bearing. Change the input shaft, right? Yeah, and then uh, but I didn't. I just put the shims right back in. I never remeasured after that, but I didn't put new bearings in. Right, it's, you, everything stays you the should same. be fine. Okay. I I would always remeasure just because. I do. Yeah, you're very um, you're very uh, detail oriented. Yeah, that, that the shop I am. is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So but, I believe so, that. Yeah. So any any time you take your own case apart, you're going to rebuild it. Like I was telling you guys earlier, if somebody needs help, I I can send them. I can email or text them a set of pictures that show how to set the idler gear up in the vice, how to do the oh, measurement nice. and all this. Oh. And I don't charge for that. I'll I'll talk you through it. Is that it's something you just kind of put together at one point, and now you just have it ready to send? It's easy. It's yeah, because I had several people in the beginning not understanding, and it, yeah. it's for me to talk to somebody on the phone. I think they know what I'm saying, yes. but that's not the case. At that point, yeah. I created the the group of pictures. Um, I can talk them through it. If they need shims, I have shim packs that I can sell them. Nice. Um, He's got one of everything. Yeah, that yeah, was the I, hardest part for me to find was those shims, you know. Oh, yeah. They're, I, I'm i pretty sure I'm the only one in the United States that has them. Yeah. And oh, I wow. won't give up my secrets. <laughs> nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The uh, Yeah. So, the, so the, other, the other thing would be maybe the fat shaft going into the transfer or into the 465. Maybe that's creating a vibration somewhere. It's the only part I didn't do. I took it all apart, but the shaft needs pressed on. So I took right. that to a shop and they had it pressed. I also didn't do... I also didn't bore out the hole. That went to another machine shop. And ch- this is weird. Let me see. Okay. You ever buy a car and you walk up and the car's running fine and they say, hey, man, there's no check engine light. doesn't overheat. Out of the blue. Mm-hmm. You immediately know that that guy had that problem, right? Exactly. <laughs> so when I was given the case back, the machinist said, look, the bearing slides in just like it did. And, and I was like, oh. And he goes, here, feel it on the back. And I felt it. And he goes, feels the exact same on the front. And we felt it. But he's, he brought that up out of the blue. And I always think maybe they overboard it. Yeah, and it's possible. I, I sell a lot of cases, bare cases, for that one reason. People bore them wrong. And yeah. we were talking earlier about parts I do and don't sell. I don't sell parts that they don't reproduce. Right. Except bare cases. The reason being, and I'm dealing with this with a customer right now. Customer Becky sent me two, two transfer cases 
Taking apart in the box down there is one. Taking apart down here is another. Um, both of them were full of rust. Mm. The the gears, most of the gears, the, the input gear is the only gear you can buy. The shafts you can buy, but all the drive gears, the low gear, the idler gear, those are unavailable. So if you have a core and you want to rebuild it and you send it to me, it's full of rust – you're doing oh, yourself so, and me no good because now I have to find a second core. Yeah. yeah. The bad thing is this charge. guy found two cores, didn't look inside them. We pulled them apart today and found the gears are all rusted. Hmm. So he's got nothing. But what that did do for us, it gave us two, two bare cases, cases. Yep. that, that we sense. can bore out and sell. Yeah. Do you, do you do the boring here as well? I do not do the boring. I have a good machinist in California that does Dun, all my machine them. stuff. His uh, And you just include that on one of your trips occasionally right. and drop give him 10, pick up 10. Or, but we could that's a measurement though. We could take that apart and measure my case being good or bad. Not necessarily and it's funny this came up right behind us right here to cover off you can see <laughs> even if you don't see too close. This one here is getting a Northwest Fabs doubler on it. Can we do some B-roll later after oh, the end of this? I'll walk around and get some nice close-ups of some things. Absolutely. Show well, just how meticulous you are and how awesome your work is. Yeah, that totally fine. Right. So he sent this to me to, to put it all together for him. He had the case board and all that. Um, well, it turns out I put the 205 part of it together. Everything turns nice and everything. You feel a little bit of misalignment on the input shaft and i was kind of suspecting something but you got to move ahead so i went ahead put the the uh northwest fabs doubler on there and you can't even turn the shaft at that point it's because the hole is bored crooked when you put the rear output and all that on there it kind of drags it wow. sideways and now yep. it's binding. Now it's a bind, yeah. So the case is junk. We're looking at a case that got bored wrong. So That's a bummer. Well yeah. before we get into the doubler talk though. Yeah, I know. If you're ready to No, yeah, go ahead. I got I got something I'd like to get into a little bit. Sure, we, yeah. Unless you're you No, we still questions. never we kind of went right into the details, yeah. but we never really found out like what got him into all this in the first place. Do you want to get into that or ask your questions? If we're still in tech, let's keep going with your questions. Yeah. Yeah, let's do uh, that. So Something I wanted to bring up that I was amazed when I when I met you, you had told me this, and I would have never guessed in a million years that people buy brand new trucks, and you supply them with two hundred five transfer cases. And could could you elaborate on that a little bit again? There's there's a big reason for it. Oh yeah, the, a two, huge two, reason. Two different things. One, a lot of guys will buy the trucks two wheel drive because they don't like the independent suspension, so they know they're going to go with a a. Uh, solid front axle Mm -hmm. and two is a lot of the new transfer cases sorry General Motors, Ford, Dodge, everybody else they're junk Um, the aluminum cases the 241, 243 273 XHD all those the the internal parts are mostly stamped steel they're they're just not going to hold up the chain stretches, stuff like that so these guys buy these late model trucks, and they have me build the 205s for them. Um, there's adapters they make that let you put the 205 on brand new transmissions, oh. um, or they go with the divorce style, oh, okay. which is divorce is very nice because 
you don't have to mess with the electronics. Yeah. The truck mm. never has to know this leads that to a you have four wheel drive. Have. Yeah. So I run a TBI, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I need a particular. So so I can't tune it because it shows it going nine thousand miles an hour. Right. Because I so do you, do you know any fix for that that they, sends the right pulses? They have a fix. Um, you get a rear output housing off of a 91 1991 GM 205 okay. and it has a place for a VSS on there. Oh. Those are very hard to find. Oh. The alternative <laughs> to that, I have two or three of them in here. Okay. The alternative to that is you have your rear output housing machine to take the same sensor oh. and the same reluctor wheel and it all fits together works good so you say 91 91 91 is the only year that general motors put the 205 behind an electronic transmission which would be the 4l80e gotcha probably very, very nice setup oh okay that makes sense yeah because it apparently apparently no it, it was bolted to a 465 all day long but for some reason i don't know why but yeah either i i ran into that and there was no answer on the internet so you know what i mean but that i could find they're like, I did find an electronic piece, but it puts out like 16 pulses versus four or right. whatever. And it shows, literally, I tried to tune it. So it's always running like rich and it's just horrible. Right. So Yeah, yeah. you need a 40 pulse per mile sensor, reluctor wheel. Hmm. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's per mile, but it's a we'll 40, get into that. 40 pulse sensor and that makes it right. The other problem you could run into is when you put the transfer case in a low range or when you put the doubler in a low range you have to somehow tell the computer hey don't look for the same pulses you were looking for to start with because it's not going to be there oh right so if there's any way to get a rpm off of the transmission instead of the transfer case and beyond that's always going to be the better way to do it gotcha gotcha i should almost just go with the fitech and take it away and let it learn on its own, <laughs> right? Because the fight tech's complete. It's probably cheaper in the long run. Right, yeah. A lot and, less and it, it very well could be. Yeah. You know, and if we have a minute to get into it, a lot of the conversions I do are for the 4L80E. And, of course, those output housings I have here, three of them, um, they're very hard to find. Right. So the one thing I tell people, when you look for your 4L80E transmission, look for the one with two features. The first feature being the second sensor on the left side of the transmission. That way you can use that as your vehicle speed sensor. Ah. You don't have to monkey with anything else. And look for the transmission that has the long output shaft. The six and a half inch output shaft is the best one. It will have to be cut down, but it's quick and easy to do. It gives us the strongest, cheapest, most available setup to make the 480 e work it's yeah. just the this best. is why you go to a professional when it yeah. seems super simple it's really not oh, yeah, sometimes this is why you go because the amount of times you're wasting and these things are way too heavy to be just pulling in and out yes the uh one of the funniest stories ever was <laughs> i was setting i had it on my chest with the magnum box <laughs> and i was all you know into lifting so i thought i was going to press this up onto mm, the subframe no and i was on and a, and align the holes and i was on a creeper <laughs> So I did have it where I could set it on there and then rest, take a breather, and then pick it back up and slide it in. And um, 
But I was on the creeper, and I rolled across, and I hit one of the control joints uh, in my floor, in mm-hmm. the garage, and it rolled up onto my neck, and then rolled over. And I thought I was going to die out there, right? I was laughing so hard. So now it all kind of comes in from the top on a hoist yeah. off the roll cage. But the uh, so crazy, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. a funny story to me. The, the other problem with using the uh, <laughs> the VSS on the back of the transfer case is you also have to tell the factory computer you're using for the transmission that again you went into low gear on the factory computer there's a black wire that has to go to ground when you go into low range and it tells the computer do the math you're in 1.96 to 1 2 to 1 rather than 1 to 1 that way it won't set the codes everything continues to work correctly it's probably why it doesn't really change it just sort of stays the same all the time no matter it still runs great starts up quicker than most any new vehicle out there but mm-hmm. but it's if it's cold out and i'm in the mountains boy you know it you're, yeah. you're in there with it you're just yeah. sucking in fumes something wicked you know it's even on my jeep my jeep transfer case had a little connector sorry okay. I, won't, I don't want anybody to miss this and these are really particular if you don't go straight in on the top and you're okay. i don't want you to um, miss it and but, it's too easy not to do it if you don't hold them all the time so Sorry, sorry, Max. But even on my Jeep, you know, I had a connector, and on the dash, it would light up 4x4 when you just shift the standard connector, and I never reconnected that for the 205. It doesn't have it. So I wonder if that is actually... I do think when I used to shift into 4 low, it would kind of rev up a little bit and maybe hold a little higher idle or something, and it, it was a very slight differences, but it doesn't... It, now it's just on or off. I mean, the engine hmm. and the yeah. computer and... And when, when you go to the twin stick setup, keep in mind also the factory switches on the 205, those no longer apply because all that switch is for is to tell the vehicle four-wheel drive, oh. not high or low. Yeah. So once you do the twin sticks, you yeah. can actually put it in front-wheel drive low, and that light will never come on because yeah. that's not where the switch is located. Oh. I didn't even know there was switches. On. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. The, um, oh, that's crazy. Uh, Shit! I just lost my thought. I was so I was sitting there trying to be polite, and I lost it. Anyways, let's let's keep moving on here. The um, so you 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 you're so after twenty years, you have a lot of repeat customers. Yes, because I couldn't imagine that there would be that many people out there that could keep you, keep you, keep Northwest Fab, keep ORD, all these guys. Where I'm seeing huge pallets of these things going in to get cleaned up, and there's still everybody struggling to buy them. There's a limited supply of these. Yes. They are getting very hard to find. Um, I encourage everybody to find their own core because it will save them a lot of money. With me, you're going to save about 50%. Reason being, if if when my core supplier brings me 10 cores, if five of them are bad, I have to take them. Yeah. Um, You take the batch. yeah, Yeah, I have to. But there's been one of my core guys that brought me two that were good and eight that were bad, and I told him, sorry, I'm... I." can't afford to do that business what do you anymore. mean by bad rusted inside or usually um, it's rusted inside you need to pull the six bolt side cover off look inside there um the outside can be just yeah. a clump of mud it does not matter right. it's what's inside because the gears that can't be replaced are the low drive gears the bull gear the idler gear you have gears that you can't find anymore wow. by the time you pay for each of those individually from me you might as well have just bought a case from me outright. Yeah. And honestly, it's getting to the point where I I don't even want to sell 
a full set of gears to somebody to go into their core that I'm going to build for them because it costs them more that way. I encourage wow. them just to buy find one. another core. Oh. You know, and one thing I offer if if anybody needs a six bolt side cover gasket, call me. I'll send you one. I I don't charge for shipping. I don't charge for parts. I just send it and take it with you when you look for a core. If the guy's selling the core, oh, I don't want to take it apart because yeah. it'll leak. You know what? You have a brand new gasket yeah, to smart. give him if you don't buy wow. the transfer case. Oh, that's cool. Do, and do you remember me out. telling you what I got my Ford 205 for, money-wise? I don't remember. 250 bucks, I think. That's a good price. Yeah. You know what's crazy is price. literally like five or six years ago, well, and more than that now, I guess, 2013-ish, whatever that was. <laughs> I was I, I had like four of them piled up in the mm-hmm. garage, and I was getting them for like fifty bucks. Yeah, and then and and I, I was able to for a hundred and fifty. I bought the like several four sixty fives with a two hundred five on it, and the um and I that's why like I just gave one away. <laughs> I, was, I had no idea that they were going to be yeah. so worth everything. You know, they're they're getting hard to find. They're getting very expensive. Do you have any more cases left now? Any? Uh, no, uh, I just have the parts that I had to remove when I did the doubler. So yeah. I have a like a brand new. Uh, ORD input shaft, you know mm-hmm. things like that. Like it had doesn't even have 500 miles on it, you know. But, but um, so because these things are so tough, and and I know that a lot of them have water damage, tons of them. You see it all the right. time. So the water damage, and you see the pitting. What is too much that you can't run? I I don't run anything that's got pits. Um, no matter what. I, no. But you do it, a lot of professional like race car like you're saying tractor pull guys right right they probably got thousands of dollars they can't afford to right and and i've even had customers that bring their own core and it's really is a core out of their own vehicle so they say they've had it all their life and they're amazed when i take it apart and i show them and it's like i don't want to use these because it will make noise and of course it's going to cause wear and stuff like that so if i can find them other gears we'll replace them um i've had a couple guys that are just the gears weren't that bad and they just had to have it it's like okay i'm gonna put it in i don't like to do that because i stand behind yeah. my stuff it, yeah. com- it comes with a warning right if if you buy my case and you blow it up five years from now assuming you've done all the right stuff servicing it keeping the water out stuff like that um i'm gonna take care of it for you i i don't wow. care i i've had only one issue that i had to take care of and that was somebody that wanted to put their own yokes on there, and I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, go ahead, make sure you torque them down 110 to 120. All is good. And it, he started getting noise. Well, I met him real far from my house to pick it up from him. As we lifted it from his car to my truck, I grabbed it by the yoke, and I could feel it. So we moved it. I asked him, did you torque these down? Oh, yeah, they're, I put them real tight. Yeah. Not yeah. what I asked you. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how heavy that is on it. Yeah, so I told him, I'm going to take it. I'll figure out what's going on. Well, it turns out he tightened it. He didn't torque it. He didn't use a Loctite on the nut. Mm. Um, it wiped out the rear output bearing. To me, it's like, you know what? I'm going to do good t- for this guy. I fixed it for him. I didn't charge him a dime. I drove an hour to take it back to him again, and he was happy. And I actually got two other jobs from oh, that yeah. so wow. for a 20 dollar bearing yeah. you know a little bit of my time a little bit of gas 
it, it's worth doing stuff yeah. like that. I, I don't mind. Yeah, that's awesome. I I absolutely love the two hundred five. Like I I feel so comfortable with it in there that that even even knowing like you know water what what it, something goes wrong it's it's so basic and so large that it's still going to get you home I think you know right. what I mean unless it just flat out broke clean in half you know which I've only seen once and that was on. Um, I think it was that Goliath Jeep at back door. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think it's the only 205 I've ever seen break in half. So. One of my <laughs> uh, sled-pulling truck customers, the Ravellas, they're in uh, Hollister, California. Um, they broke one in half. It wasn't one of mine. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't want to stand behind that. But, um, so I'm building all his for him now. Um, I've had a couple others I've got from customers that have had zero oil in them. Oh. And it literally will melt the gears. I have one in the back I can show you. It'll melt the gears before it stops running. Crazy. Just because 205s are so tough yeah. and they just they they don't break very often at all. The uh a couple of questions on the output yoke. How mm-hmm. much play should be right there anywhere in any direction in or out or anything? What's what's like uh ooh, that's a lot. Um if you can barely feel it on your fingertips that's about where it should be oh okay yeah i mean if it's moving ten thousands that's too much too much Hmm. i mean it it, you should just barely feel it kind of a so if i can see it if i can grab the drive shaft and see it yeah something that's probably where my vibration something's not what would be causing that is that like a rear blown out bearing like your other customer if you if yeah, yeah a bearing and i've actually had people put the wrong bearing in there a different thickness, same yeah. diameter, inner and outer, different thickness. So and I bought an eBay kit, an mm-hmm. eBay gasket rebuild kit, and it came with bearings that had splash guards on both sides of the bearing. Mm-hmm. And and, all, and the old ones looked, it had nothing on Open. it. You could see it wide through. And I right. thought that that was a cause of maybe it was starving some oil, and it might have spun in there. I don't, I don't know. But I, when I saw that... The first time I had it apart, I swapped that bearing out and I put a, another one. Yeah, that was th- back that's in. a very odd bearing to have in there. I know sometimes they use the bearings that are sealed on both sides, like the Northwest Fab Box. Yeah, um, because you want to keep the oil separated from different areas. Stuff. Well, it had like, like that. a. It looked like the regular ones that are through just had that gold thing on it. You right, know, and like it wasn't. Yeah, totally this, sealed, there's but, still yeah. a still a gap around it. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't know why Weird. they would use those. Hmm. Doesn't make sense. Trying to be cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I go being cheap. Yeah, get you know it done I mean? cheaper. But, yeah, but as heavy as it is, I don't want to take it out anymore. You yeah, know what I mean? no, so. they they are heavy. They're they're heavy. All right, so let's we get more. Well, questions? on the the heavy, how heavy they are. I showed you that transmission jack I have that tilts yeah. and leans and adjusts, and you throw a chain over the top. I I can take my own transfer case in and out in like an hour. With yeah. the drive shafts included, all of it. I it's mean, probably worth it. I have to try it yeah. with that, that yeah, jack yeah, for yeah. sure. Try it one time and then <clears throat> go buy your own. If you saw what I did, like <laughs> off the hoist, off oh, the no. cage, through the top, I know you, you got to take the yeah, seats out. No. But I, I do. Mine is hard to get out because the um, where it seats into the transmission is like a lip. I actually have to kick it out, which is yeah. super scary. But um, it, well, it just pl- clunks like sketchy a quarter of an inch into that little it adjusts and seats you know and then i leave it adjusted i just down do what i need to do bring it back up goes right back in i mean right. i'm not doing the king kong bench <laughs> press you know like, now i just put a ratchet no! i straddle it from inside and i put a ratchet strap on it yeah. and i wiggle it out and then yeah. i can set it on the crazy. subframe and then i hook a hoist to it and then crazy yeah, talk they're they're a little heavy to <laughs> handle definitely so let's learn about you a little more we'll go back to the beginning here how long have you been four wheeling? What was your, what what do you currently drive? 
And what was your favorite rig? Mm, what I started in was a 78 Dodge Power Wagon that met its untimely death in Azusa <laughs> Canyon. It got rolled, and that was the end of that. Since then, I've had various different trucks. Um, Chevys are mainly what I have. And then recently, the reason the reason I got into building the 205 had to do with a 65 Land Cruiser that I bought. Hmm. Um, I was doing the whole complete conversion, putting the LT1 motor in it. I built a 205. Um, I thought I was going with the SM465 transmission. Right as I finished my first 205, I realized I didn't want a manual transmission. So therefore, I advertised the transfer case on sale on eBay or Craigslist. And literally within 15 minutes, I had 15 calls. Oh, wow. Oh. So I'm thinking... But freshly rebuilt, ready to freshly go. Freshly rebuilt. And they looked as good as they do now. Um, so I went ahead and sold it. Well, I thought maybe this can be a thing. So I bought another one off Craigslist, cheap. Rebuilt it the same way and added several hundred dollars to the price put it for sale and same thing nice. within a half an hour i had several calls so i sold it and there the business was born and that's crazy it went from there the vehicle i drive now for off-roading um is a 82 jeep cj7 with an ls1 um stock differentials for now when i blow something up i'll i'll upgrade to something better does that have a 205 in it it does not have a 205 <laughs> yet 300. it's got the 300 <laughs> um i would have changed it immediately but a friend of mine built this jeep mm. he did top of the line everything um he was in california couldn't get it smogged oh. so i told him i'm going to arizona i'll buy it from you cheap i bought it from him dirt cheap nice. and he had put the ls1 the brand new rebuilt transfer case transmission um it's got the 4060 in it um brand new paint brand new tires brand new wheels brand new interior brand new soft top and doors i mean everything brand new it is pretty yeah. nice and i bought it for six it. grand oh jeez. Uh, i know he uh, paid five grand for the motor and trans and transfer <laughs> case yeah. so i couldn't yeah. pass it up yeah so not at all. when when i do the differentials the, it will get the 205, and I'll probably take the 4L60 out and put a 4L80E yep. in it. Really? Yeah, that'll be that'll be bulletproof at that point. You know what 4L80 stands for? I don't know, um, I don't know what 4L80 is, but I know what the E is. I think it's like four-speed, long, 8,000-pound uh, capacity. Four four gears, longitudinally mounted, oh, front to long, back. Not long, longitudinally. Yep. And the 80 is not the weight rating i don't think it's specified in pounds oh, okay but it, it general motors uses that to work up to a certain number of oh, pounds because okay. mm. the 60 and the 80 are it's like light duty and heavy duty right hmm. right and nice. people blow up the 60s right i mean the 60 is a glorified electronic 700 the bad thing about the 4l60 is the adapter kit costs close to thousand dollars and it's not as strong as the 4l80 yeah you can buy the 4l80 transmission cheaper you can definitely buy the adapter kit cheaper oh wow everything about it so you just get a 4l80 i steer everybody to the 4l80s longitudinally yeah front to back front to back (laughs) front to back yep dang i was reading that on the internet a long time ago yeah that's crazy dude that's cool what kind of wheeling do you do 
Like what do you like? Um, when Azusa Canyon was open, it's kind of a mud and little bit of rock. Um, definitely some hill stuff like that. And then we go to Claghorn, uh, and we do all the trails out there. Love those. And then of course now we're in Arizona here. We go everywhere out here. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of places to do. Lots of different kind of wheeling. Um, I like to try things that I know I probably shouldn't try, Mm. but the good thing with me is I might try it once or twice, but then I stop because I don't like tearing my stuff up. Right. Um, I definitely feel that way too. Yeah. And I I don't have the balls really, but so I get in, I, I feel what it is and then I have no problem taking a pass on it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and the differentials I say I have in there, they're stock differentials. So I don't really trust them. I want to be able to drive home. And you got a good chunk of power. What's oh, the tire yeah. size? Yeah, thirty uh, threes. Oh, geez, that's yeah. really low. Yeah, there's thirty. <laughs> Those are baby tires now, man. <laughs> yeah, compared to that one parked out front, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's the new thirty threes now. Yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> Max's Jeep's out there. So. Yeah. The. Uh, I was definitely thinking we need to invite Todd out on some of these trips that we do. Yeah. Um, I, I did. He did caution me. He's like. I don't need to be out in those crazy rocks that you guys are. No, but Sunflower in. Mine would be a good one. Yeah, Sunflower yeah, Mine. Have you done that? Good. No, I even have not. back way to Crown King and with the destination of the little town, you know. Yeah. Even I don't know if you want to camp or anything, but um, hmm. it's, there's a lot of good day trips here. We even just out back, just, you can follow us like out back and watch some of the crazy stuff because there's little side shoot bypass mm-hmm. roads that follow it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so. and I I love going to watch people tear their stuff up. Me too. Yeah, it's oh, it's yeah. a joy. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean I have to tear mine <laughs> Get up, it, Mike. Yeah. yeah, totally doable. I I only like it when there's somebody new who's never been there and they turn and you go into and they're like, "We're going in here. Like, what are we doing in here? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? That is a fun feeling to scare somebody, you know. But yeah. I tried to scare the grandkid the other night just out here on Cotton Lane. I took him up that dirt hill and he was waving his hands in the air, yelling like, "Woo! This is a blast!" You know. And then I drove him. There was a big, uh, I don't know where they take like where they ground up the tar, you know, ground mm-hmm. up the street and dump these huge piles, like four or five dump truck piles over there. So I drove over those like moguls, you know, to get through them. And uh, he's like, we're up on the one real steep. And he's like, Grandpa, what are we doing? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, dude. I just want to know if it would go. <laughs> he's only four. So yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. Fun times. But, fun times. My, my two girls, they enjoy it, too. They're, they're getting older and spending time with their own friends now. But, yeah, they definitely like it. Yeah, we, cool. we recently bought a Can-Am four-seater, too and they're driving it now so nice. it works That's they awesome. drive that with their two friends and me and the wife take the jeep and follow them and stuff right on yeah it's fun so out here basically 205s you go to california how many times a week or a month or about every other weekend i'll go to california and take a load of rebuilt cases out there yep. and pick up whatever people call me for do you ever go to like the events like king of the hammers if people need stuff I and things like that go to king of the hammers i usually advertise ahead of time on instagram and my facebook um i'm heading out if you need parts yep. talk to me before yeah. this time here and i'll bring stuff and i do yokes people break yokes a lot um shifter linkage that falls off and gets lost yeah. you know i bring them yeah. stuff like that out there i was wondering on some of your racer guys who's the worst who's the hardest on them the truck pulls i would guess um, I can't really answer that because to me, that question is asking me who breaks something that I have to replace. And you don't replace much. They don't break. They're they, that strong. I was wondering, like, what don't. does break on them? Like, if, if under power, I'm not talking like being in water and become rusty and shitty. I've had one truck puller, sled puller 
call me back and say he broke the rear output shaft. Um, I didn't want to build the case like we did for him, but that's all he could afford. And seeing how I stand behind it, he did break the rear output shaft. Hmm. Um, Chevy, right? Not Ford. It was actually a Ford. Um, but he, this truck is crazy. It's yeah, a crazy yeah. truck. And I told him, look, you and I had the conversation that I didn't want to build this. And you said, I won't hold you to it. You know what? I, I don't build stuff that I'm not going to stand behind. So I told him, here's the deal. You buy the Titan shaft from Northwest Fab. I'll put it in. I'm not going to charge anything. Yeah. You pay for the shipping to me. I'll pay for the shipping back. Cost me some money. You know what? I don't care. Yeah. He's got me so many other jobs just because of that yeah. that I've made the money back ten times over. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and you stood behind your word even on a product you didn't technically want done that way for his purpose. Right, and I I posted on my my Instagram after the fact yeah. that from this point forward I'm going to stick to this. Because yeah. I felt bad, number one, that it broke. Number two, I hated having to pay That must have been something. around the time we met. I think I had just seen that because, like, just like you said, you posted a very clear, hey, look, if you want a high-quality, good case, we need to do it the right way. And there, there's no skipping Right. That, that was probably at the same time, yeah. and I I, I'd that, rather yeah. do it, it a good that post. way. Do you ever do any 203, 205 doublers? I do. I do. Actually, there's yeah. a 203 gearbox on the bench behind you. Yeah. Um, he had a beautiful one sitting here when I first stopped by. What? Yeah. Um, don't they break the input or the, the intermediate shaft a lot? Or? Not if you build them right. No? Use, oh. use the high-quality shafts and stuff. You won't have any problems. So, um, so we have doublers. I got the Magnum box, and Max has got the Northwest Fab one. Mm-hmm. Is that what you have? The Eco box? Mm. The that we we're trying to figure out some of the differences between them, but I, I so I'm gonna just talk about what I what I want. <laughs> so the uh, I find most of the time I'm running in just the doubler box mm-hmm. because it gives me the three to one and in my setup it's perfect for 99 percent of the wheeling. Yeah. Right, but that's putting a lot of stress because it's doubling the torque going into the transfer case, right? Because right. it's pre-transfer case, it's upstream. Correct. So. So is that a bad thing or good thing or with the fat? So I have the fat shaft, um, which is what you call it just now from the, Northwest. The Titan, Titan, same Titan thing? shaft, yeah. Okay. So um, that's supposed to alleviate all that, right? Yeah. You, you're Yes, you're stressing the heck out of it, but these guys build these things for that. They're, right. they're not going to break. I mean, you can break anything, but you stand the best chance of being able to drive there and drive home because you've got the best stuff that is out there right Did i you hear that and i do the same thing yeah i mainly run in the underdrive box because i like i like the one shift into it and then i like for low range for double low i like shifting the transfer case versus the underdrive box oh. mm-hmm. yeah i like it because once you clear the obstacle you can throw it down into the high again and be yep. gone to the yep. next one yep. fast yep. so it's super good it's um and i have a hell of a time switching gears out of my transfer case when it's bound, it does not want to come apart. Yeah, no, 205s, any gear-to-gear transfer case is going to be like that. Um, with a chain-type case, there's more slop and more slack. They can shift easier. But any gear drive transfer case, you know, I, I build these for customers, and they'll call me and says, hey, I, I took it out on my street, and I made a U-turn to come back, and it won't come out of gear. So, well, first of all, you don't drive a 205 in 
four-wheel drive on drive pavement. You're loading oh. the heck out of it. But no big oh. deal. You're not going to break it. He says, what you need to do is put a light bit of pressure on the shifter to go towards neutral right. as you're driving slow and turn your wheel back and forth. As soon as the gears find kind of a, a spot where the, the pressure on them comes off, it'll shift okay. right into neutral. Huh. Then and, stop. And aren't there synchronizing gears inside where they have to align for that shift to happen as well? Or is that miss? They have, there are teeth and gears that have to line up. When you say synchronize, that implies that it's something that will find its center and go in like it's made to do that. The okay. 205 is not made to do that. Um, there is a shift on the fly version of the 205. I believe it's from 1982 to 1985, something like that, if I remember correctly. It didn't work out well. That's why they only did it for three years. Then yeah. they stopped doing it, and it uses weaker parts. Oh, wow. So depending on your vehicle, it could be fine. But like your vehicle you're driving there, you would not want that no. front output shaft because, number one, is a 30-spline, which is way weaker. And oh, it uses... Oh, stab me in the heart. And it uses some stamped steel parts for that synchronizer. Gotcha. Again, stamped steel parts. So, just so the main the issue is it's just bound. Right. That's why we're not able it, to... But it's normal. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's so normal. The reason it's a pain in the ass is... And I have a question about that. Why would the Atlas pop out but not this if they're both very similar to each other? I've seen magazine write-ups on them next to each other. Mm-hmm. And they're so close to each other that... Like... Like so, so I'm up on a hill. And I mm-hmm. want to do a, I want to do a front burn to light the, to smoke up the front tires, right. but I can't get the rear out, no matter what I do. So, being twin sticked, also, should I have? I couldn't obviously get up where I wanted to go without all four. So I'm right. kind of trapped. But could I sit there and spin all four and do what you're saying? Spin all four and get it to pop out, maybe. You anytime the tire a tire or two is turning, then that means the the pressure against the gears tight, is right. changing. Okay, oh. it's, it's tight. But if you get it to a point where it has less resistance, yeah. it will come out of gear. Is there an order that it should come out when it's twin stick? No. Which one comes out better no. or easier? The only thing you do want to make sure. I've had people do this. Don't try to put. The front end to say low yeah. while the back's in high. Yeah. If they, if they I, didn't I grind their go. Well, if, they, it, if people you, grind their own rails, it could. Right. Yeah. And I don't um. use ground rails. I don't use homemade ground rails. If yeah. I use rails, I get them from JB Custom Fabrication. Yeah, that's remind. To me, I think he makes the best ones. Um, I've used mostly all of his. I have had customers bring me their own from Northwest Fabs or D. As long as they're not homemade ground rails, I'll put them in. Not a problem. I stand corrected. I actually got the ORD ones, the chromoly rails. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they needed to be chromoly or not, but they were. But they were when I put the r- regular plugs in for the detent, mm-hmm. I couldn't shift it, so I had to get the adjustable the ones adjustables. to lighten it up to even get it to shift. Yep. Setting on the bench, it wouldn't it wouldn't shift. So, but now I, but I, but I'm thinking because those ridges were so tight, yeah, they were so lifted on the those in, rails in between the detent notches. On the aftermarket rail, the the ridges are a lot higher between right. the three, so that could be why it would do that. Yeah, when I got the the adjustable detents, obviously you just lighten it up, and it was it right. shifts beautiful as long as it's not bound. But I'm right. trying to figure out how to do a front burn with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Yeah, if there's if it's locked up against her because there's pressure against it, you're you're just got to use muscle. You're gonna fight it. I went to a car show like an idiot. I locked it up to get on the ramp, and I backed up wall locked mm-hmm. and in granny granny low and i turned it into the parking spot and, and i could not get it out of gear no matter what i did Jeez, like and and i had to pull it forward chirp it all the way around it wouldn't unlock the lockers it wouldn't unlock anything right. all the way around and halfway across the parking lot for everything to finally come apart i thought it was broke dude like i was such a, yeah and i was like why in the world is it doing it i took the whole tunnel apart and was che- checking the i thought maybe the linkages got bent or mm-hmm. something but yeah, no, it, it's just like it's the same kind of binding that you have with a manual transmission in a car with a lot of horsepower and tires that hook up really well. If you've ever tried to pull a manual transmission into neutral after you've already launched and you ball. have pressure against the transmission, it's next to impossible to pull it out of gear. It's like bound in the gear. It's bound. As soon as you let off the gas, it would go right into neutral. So same thing with the transfer cases. Really? No. It's all that horsepower. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that's what it was going to (laughs) be. Right on. What uh what can we do for you? What what anything you like you need more cases, you need uh I can always use more cases. Um I don't mind paying for them. I don't mind doing trades for work and swap or uh, you mentioned you have a weak ass 30 spline yeah it out front out front output, output it may it's still be, the stock chevy output which it, i believe is 30 maybe you want to change like three quarters. Which it, a yoke. it could be a 10 spline oh it's definitely not 10 okay yeah it's stock would be a 30 yeah so we can upgrade you to a 32 and we have yokes we, we have we have everything then we, we could also if we have it our out Oh no! I could do all that with that in, huh? What's that? Change out that? No, the input shaft would have to come out. Yeah, I'd have to take, well, have the whole case apart. Just because you have the thirty spline doesn't mean you have the synchronized front output. Right. And does that have that little gold piece on it? No. Here's That's, what you'll see. Everything right at my fingertips. Yeah, look at this guy. Okay, if you have that cover with this, this right here, uh, and this little. Yeah, oil don't. feeder if you have that that's the weaker synchronized yeah i don't mine has a cap perfect grab that one right up there this one yep yeah that's what it is if you have that one with a hole in it that's mm. the strong one don't get this one cap is pressed in don't get this one right it the bearing basically press one in. i would have I don't, I don't even know offhand you if one. you have oh, yeah. a ford you have this oh, yeah. this was only used in chevrolet for three years i believe yeah the fords were way tougher probably a three-quarter ton chevy right um <laughs> no it would be this guy it could be a three-quarter could be a one ton but it would be the truck that has the auto hubs oh, on the front oh, differential like okay Right. The That's why they have thing is with a 208 joke oh, no, we no, have going on. Never mind. Got it. Yeah, this is dumb. So I have a theory. So everybody says, is a Dana 60 a one ton? Yes or no? What would you say? I would say yes. There we go. I'm on the same page as this guy. I like Todd. And a 44 would be a half ton. Three quarter, three quarter ton. Yeah. Yep. There's just an Instagram page out there claiming that Dana 60 rear axles are three Yeah, they magically ton. say the 60 He's got like no followers. And I love to razz Mike about it. It's silly. It's ridiculous because, like, I have a 60 kingpin front, which is one ton. And it's got every upgrade you can find for it. So it's clearly one ton, 35 spot. I have a a Ford, a 98 Ford 
E350 Econoline van rear Dana 60. That's mm-hmm. a one ton rear. It comes three, three quarter or 35 spline stock, right? So, in my eyes, just because it goes to the back doesn't make it a three quarter ton, just because it's a 60. There are definitely a lot of Dana 60s that are three quarter ton in three quarter ton trucks. Advertising for but this guy. they're like 30 splines, you know what I mean? And right. not even full float or whatever, you know? But I think. Just because it moves to the back doesn't automatically take it out of the one-ton Right. Range. I would say it's more like the axles <clears throat> right. and the brake rating and, and the yeah. bearing size. I think some of the 60s have different bearing sizes. How, I couldn't imagine how – yeah, because the tubes are different and everything. So I couldn't imagine how you could have a – without the knuckles, thir- same axle shafts, 35 splines, full float. That has to be stronger than that front 60 with knuckles. You know what I mean? Like that's what, in my opinion. But Less moving parts for sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. I win. You just need to accept. I just win again, dude. We're, no, we're going to have to have more information on this later. I've on. tried to <laughs> debate anybody, but nobody will come up with a straight up debate. So, to hell with that guy. That's all. That's I, that's what I was saying. We should quit highlighting him. Yeah, well, you did him. I didn't bring him up. You brought him up. I just like to bring up your three <laughs> quarter ton parts because he knows I'm going to go off on it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, whoever wants to debate, we can debate. All everybody I know, thinks fourteen. All bolts I know only. is that a thirty spline front output shaft would be weaker than a nice upgraded thirty two spline. I Absolutely. agree with that, and it would probably go to a forty four front axle, which would make it a three quarter ton transfer case. Do you have a? <laughs> well, no, because even just, I, it's just a joke. Even I mean. the one tons would still have the thirty spline front output. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, see. I'm going to stick to my debate just because I know it, <laughs> it, it. It just gets to Mike, you know? Actually, I didn't know but, uh, about the 32 front output until after I built it. And I was like, I'm not taking that out again, yeah. man. That thing is yeah. too heavy. So. Dodge came factory with 32 front and rear. Ford came factory with 32 front and rear. Chevy came with 10 spline or 30 spline. Yeah. Oh, wow. If you have a 10 spline front output, run very far and throw it as far as you can. They oh, are wow. just... They're weak. The whole I've, thing, or just no, that? just that output okay. shaft. Yeah, um, I've seen them break on vehicles with stock tires. Whoa. Just you know, showing off a little bit. They're they're just so weak. So upgrade them thirty minimum thirty two. If you're going to spend money, yeah. do the thirty two. Chevy had a rear output that's thirty two though, right? All thirty twos on the output. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's good enough. Good for me, bro. <laughs> so, okay. One right other on. thing we might want to mention, I get a lot of people that talk to me and they, they like you, they want to debate. They want to debate me <laughs> that a Turbo 400 or 4L80E is specifically a two-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive. It can't be both. Untrue. Yeah. What you need to look at when we're talking about a transfer case for you for your, either one of those transmissions is we have to make sure your output shaft on the transmission is a correct length to go with the input shaft on the transfer case. Okay. There can be two different size input shafts. So we have to make sure the corresponding output shaft is the correct one. Right. You don't want to put a short one with yeah. a short one because they're not going to reach or a long one with a long one because then you're going to have a two to three mm-hmm. inch gap between the setup. Yeah, I did notice that, that there was tons, when I was learning it, I, there was tons and tons and tons of different combinations that could have happened. And <clears throat> excuse me, I want to say it was ORD's website has a really good breakdown of what transmission goes with what and what else. Like you want this with this one and this and this. It's fairly good, but it's not complete. 
There's definitely like, some that aren't that that like I don't think my setup is even on there. What mm-hmm. ended up working, but it, so it just took a phone call, you know, and be like, "What do I need this and this and this?" And they said, "Well, how?" I was going for short, 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 so I, you know, a little more for the shortest adapter. Right. But that switches to the fat shaft, and then we got to cut the shaft fat. You know, I forget what all I cut. I did it a long time ago. So. Yeah, yeah, and but, you got to remember Chevrolet Turbo Four Hundred. I believe there's seven different output shafts. Oh wow! Um, Whoa. I had no idea. Anywhere from, and everybody loves the Four Hundred too. Yeah, always. Awesome transmission. Anywhere from, I think they stick out a quarter of an inch up to somewhere around seven and a half or maybe even a little longer, depending on what they went in. And, of course, Jeep has the output shaft for the Turbo 400 that's about 14 inches long. Mm, it's wow. crazy. But it goes so, into a slip yoke, right, on that? Yeah. Um. Yes. So when you go to convert it to put the transfer case on there, make sure you have the right parts to fit. Yeah. You know, always talk about that first and go from there. Yeah. And, and again, you're you're open to phone calls. If somebody wants to Absolutely. pick your brain, let's save some people money, give you a call, and tell you know let them tell you what you got and stuff like yep. that. You're down for that? All right, yep. cool. Not That's awesome. And another thing, if, if anybody needs seals or a gasket or something here and there, honestly, I send a lot of that stuff out for free. I don't care. I even pay the shipping. You know, we have like reason, 100 listeners, dude. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I was just kidding. Reason being is when I buy my kits and stuff, they usually have 12 extra gaskets or 12 oh, extra yeah. seals or something. Um, I noticed I, that too, what all those things were for. Yeah. Tons of extra. So if I have something extra like that, I, I do not like throwing stuff away. It's not worth a dime to me because I will never use it. Yeah. But I won't throw it away. I just sent a box of this stuff to a friend back east. I gave him probably 50 seals. Uh, You know, it it doesn't matter. I don't like throwing stuff away. So if you guys need something, give me a call. Give me a text. Yeah. Let me see what I got. And when you seem very organized, it seems like you could just go pull that drawer out and be like, yep, I got 10. Yeah. Right. Two? And then basically that's, you'll see right there. I mean, I've got it all numbered, lettered. I. Have stuff. Well, I, know I thought, I thought that was in the library. I thought it was in an old library. <laughs> yeah. We're going to pull out the, the cards card. and what well, section D6. Index card or yeah, whatever. the old Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> Dude, that, I'm old. Uh. It's awesome, man. Like Because uh, I have all those extra gaskets just in a bag, and now I don't even know what they go for. I, yeah. I have no idea what they're for, you know, but I'm assuming it's for all the different options that could be out there. Yeah, so. yeah they, they give you a lot of extra gaskets with the kits and stuff like that. Um, that's another thing. Let me show you this. I sell a lot of cast iron Chevrolet adapters, the figure eight pattern adapters and the Dodge adapter. Reason being, when they sell the gasket stuff, uh, kits, there, hold that one there. It's already open. Pull, pull all that stuff out of there. And you're gonna find a figure eight gasket like this. That's right. You talk. I'll work. Mike's working that on one it right, right now. There. Okay, you hold this, and I'll take that bag. Okay. What do you notice the difference in those? Thickness. Thickness. Yeah, this one's way, way thicker. Way thicker. Probably the proper thickness, too, right? Yes. I pay for these separate, even though you'll get a gasket kit from me with that in there, because I don't usually open the bags and take it out. I don't yeah. care. But this one will be on top separately, so it'll kind of let you know. I put it there for a reason. 
Reason being, when you put the adapter on the front of the transfer case and tighten it down, the cast iron adapter will tighten down and touch the snap ring on the input bearing before the whole rest of the surface touches. Now, if you tighten that down, you're bending the ears Oh, and wow. you're breaking the adapter. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's even on the same of the the nose on the SM465. That thing has to have that. It says flat out, you got to put that yes. gasket in there. Don't torque that without a gasket. And this right. was one of my questions. I had a, someone asked this question on the on the video that I did. And same thing. He said, "What's this gap? Is that gap normal?" And and we looked at it, and I was like, "I don't know, dude. That gap's definitely not normal." And then and then he said. Then he had mentioned that he didn't have a gasket in there yet. And oh. he says, I think it's for the thickness of the gasket. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what that's for. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so the good, good gaskets, they're, they're 60 thousandths of an inch thick. I know this is true and correct. That's like two of these. Yes, it, exactly. That is 30 thousandths. Yeah. Um, but also this paper is a different paper than that. This paper does mm. not compress the same as that. I had a friend that owned a Chevrolet dealership in Whittier, California, Jones Chevrolet. They closed down many, many years ago. He let me go in there and get a bunch of parts for a truck that I had a long time before I ever thought of rebuilding 205s. And I happened to get a stack of factory NOS gaskets. Nice. Well, when I got these, I looked at the others. I'm like, this is not the same. It's not right. And sure enough, I'm selling all these Turbo 350, Turbo 400 adapters, and they're not cheap. And it turns out that that's why. And if if you put your adapter on your transfer case with the bearing and the snapping and everything, and just look through there with a flashlight, you'll see it's touching metal to metal on the snapping of the bearing, but the whole rest of that surface isn't even close. I actually had one of the kits I ordered had two of these in it. And I, now I didn't know that you're. I bet you were supposed to stack them. Yeah, but that's kind that's of cheap. Not right. But if you need these, I got them. That's Call that's me. awesome. That's another awesome. Yeah, thing I, I make sure I keep these the correct ones in stock. <laughs> I'll be damned. Things you got to know. Right there you go. Yep. That's awesome. The uh, I don't dumbfounded, dude. Like <laughs> I it makes me want to pull mine out so bad and just see what yeah. I love anybody that's really into their craft, you know what I mean? So like yeah. the knowledge you have on this and and all the different things you see like my old machinist buddy it, he uh he's the same way. He like, "Oh, that I could tell that block. We're walking through a junkyard." He's like, "Blocks." And he's got a whole story of why that would come from that block and all the different versions and how you tell between each little thing. And I was like, yeah. "This guy really knows what he's talking about." So yeah. I, I'm stoked that you're in town, and we're like you're literally like five minutes from the house. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And so. we both run 205 transfer cases now. I mean, yeah. granted, it seems like once they're in, they're usually pretty good, and they're in. But I mean, just like that, we could come hang out, talk. I, I mean, I'm telling all my buddies like, you, why don't you consider a 205? Because a lot of people just instantly want the name of Atlas or yeah. you know advanced adapters and you know what? Here's the deal with Atlas transfer cases. They're good. I've installed a couple of them in yeah. friends' vehicles, um, but here's the problem: they are not heavy duty. If you Google Atlas versus 205 and then go to all the images, yeah. you'll see the idler gear yeah. in a 205 is probably at least a third bigger and 
thicker than what the Atlas is. Wow. Not saying Atlas is junk. It's not. They're no, awesome. It's a high-quality product. It's also they're, lighter. You they're save a little made weight. for a certain vehicle. Yeah. Do not put it in a full-size Blazer, full-size yeah. truck, full-size Bronco. You will break it. I mean, we, we even have friends on these newer Jeep Wranglers, the mm-hmm. JKs. I mean, they're pushing six, 7,000 pounds. Yeah. To me, that's a heavy... Oversized, ve- not okay, not necessarily full size or oversized. It's a lot but of weight. It's, it's a lot of weight on the yeah. gear. And you remember the um, Greg Bakken? Yeah, he blew up his his. Yeah, he used to say the four, four speed, speed all the time was junk. Yeah, it was weak. I, I don't know what gearing time. he ran or what. It was older. Yeah, it's had a big dodge, a lot of you know? stuff. <laughs> a heavy big truck, but yeah. I mean it 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 let go. I think a couple times. Yeah, when I saw the. You know, obviously, when you, I started with the 205, so super cheap, and then I was debating going four-speed Magnum or four-speed um, or the Magnum or whatever. I, when I was doing all that, seeing which is the cheap, because I was just being cheap at the time, right. all of it kept boiling down to go with the, go, go with this, you know, go with the Magnum box or go with one of those things. I didn't do like I didn't have enough confidence in myself to do what Max did with the, the gearing and all that, and have the other pieces and build I, my I own. I did the Eco box where like mm-hmm. I took I had two Jeep transfer cases and I robbed the parts, pressed it, and put yeah. it together. It was, I mean, I think I think you could have done it even back then. And uh, and for some reason, I thought you know what I thought I, I wasn't sure if I could rebuild the transmission or not, so I bought the book because it was like forty bucks. And then, um, and I just read through it and I was like, oh, there's nothing in here that's crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but what I don't know, and, and this is where knowledge comes in, I didn't know what to look for for bad. You, you know what I yeah. mean? And mm-hmm. one of the points I was going through, and I ended up missing one of those little tiny roller bearings that are way down in there. I didn't even know one was missing, but mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't in there until I got the new rebuild kit. And then a book says, oh, you should have like 32 of these or whatever right. it was. And so, and yeah, 31. <laughs> well, I didn't count, but I, I was just like, when I, I do remember a gap being there, but then I saw that um, one of them on when I did the Big Willies one, that one was that w- one of those bearings was disintegrated, but you could tell it was in there. Right. Like right. It, so, it was just either got rust pits or something and, and exploded it, and then um, yeah. So it's it's once you start to see them more, but this is where your wealth of knowledge. My point of this is is they're so tough. We talk about how tough they are, but you if you don't know what to look for. You don't know that it's wrong yeah. or right. bad. Yeah. So, and that's a lot of us have done this with the Jeeps where, you know, you buy something, you think it's the greatest thing ever. And two years later, you're like, I wasted a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of us do that. It's just trial. We error. all go through a, a, but, some type of learning curve. And we could eliminate that by just giving you a call. Yeah, call. <laughs> call. And again, I'm not, I'm not knocking Atlas transfer cases, yeah. but I'll let you guys know if you're interested in an atlas number one call me maybe i can get you a better price but even beyond that if you think that's the way you want to go call advanced adapters talk to one of the older guys that works there that knows what he's doing Mm. don't talk to the young buck that's brand new there and is going to make some commission he's going to sell you anything you want ask them i've got this vehicle this weight these tires gearing and will the Atlas hold up? They'll give you the best answer they can. And, and I bet you an Atlas is a little friendlier to the newer vehicles, especially Jeeps, with like plug and play. And, you know, I mean, the like the Ford 205, this huge knob that this, this one happened to have cut off. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's fitment issues. These are big. They're heavy. Speaking um, of that, I was going to ask you about these aluminum plates. That was one of my questions. Yes. Is, did, did you have to add that plate because you've shaved that? 
or yes because when you yeah. cut it down that far you're basically opening up a pretty good size maybe a three inch by four you inch can see hole. it really good on the inside and yeah. uh it, it needs to be covered um i know for a fact if you weld on these cases they do distort how hot you get them will be how much they distort wow um it, it once you distort them they're they're and junk it, it looks amazing I mean, but your, this piece though is meant for this shave kit or right, whatever. That, okay, that, that's a shave kit. Right, we made you're creating that, that hole. Right, my machinist cut the case. We've done a whole bunch of them. He makes a place for me, and they they fit. We've not had one issue with alignment or anything. And he he's actually checked to, to make sure that nothing moves when we cut these. Yeah, um, we've never had an issue with it before. I noticed a lot of these have you have aluminum outputs and things like that. Is there any benefit to that other than just the bling factor when you change out the um, the ends? I don't know what those are called. Those are the the retainers, the output retainers. Um, if you're at the higher end of the horsepower spectrum and a lot of lift, where you have dry shaft angle stuff like that. It's better to go to the billet type. They are quite oh. a bit thicker, stronger, and yeah, that makes sense. Cast is really weak. Um, we don't see many problems with the front output retainer. It's usually the back one that has a problem. Uh, we do offer a discount if you buy both of them together. And you know, if, if you're wanting it, wanting it to look good, you know, make the front match the back. Do both of them. Yeah. But I, I certainly never push them on anybody. I was just wondering. I see them, and they look so good. And I was like, is that just a bling thing? Is yeah. it just a money thing? But it no, makes it, sense. They're it, thicker. It's, it's strength. I sell a lot more of the rears than I do the fronts yeah. because that's where the problem is. I have exists. a really nice machined rear one, mm-hmm. and it has, like, a ring in it where I, it, with a clamp around it, and that's my rear support of yeah. the whole transfer case. Right. That's it's made by nice. Trail Tech Fab, I no, think. No, it's from Northwest Fab. Oh, it's it's okay. one of theirs. Nice. Got it. What, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I keep I, I keep having all these questions and then it goes away. I'm getting uh, An- right. another thing that we made, um, and this is more recent, right to the right side of the big eight bolt cover, oh, eight top bolt cover. on your right, top right, up, yeah. up, up, right behind here. These billet ones we got oh. here. Oh, behind. Yeah. Oh. This is the input retainer we made for the round pattern Chevys and the round pattern, of course, all four 205s are round pattern. Um, but the reason nice. we had to make these is because we're doing a lot of clocked flat forward transfer cases and the stock round retainer will not work. So we had to make that and that lets us clock the transfer case flat. It also lets us use an adapter that's, I believe, two and a half inches. Um, it, it lets you get a much shorter package of everything. Nice. You ever seen anybody flip one? Yeah, it doesn't work well. I got a friend trying it right now. Yeah, so. tell him come see me. <laughs> I was using, so he wants, like, he has a driver drop, but he wants passenger drop or vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. yeah. Right. And I, don't, I forget why. I think he just because he has it. Yeah. And I was like, sometimes I get you in trouble. So. That, that's another thing. I, I don't mind swapping parts as long as we're both getting the value. Yeah. If you have a Ford core and you need a Dodge core or a Chevy core, oh, someone can call. Call and me. Let's oh, that's see what cool. we can do as far as swapping them around. But if you have like one Dodge and twenty Chevys, you're not swapping that obviously for another Chevy. Um, <laughs> it, it's usually Ford to Chevy, Chevy to Ford. Yeah, yep. and 
usually I can help out. The other thing, if you're doing your own build and you have a small bearing case, turbo 350 type, um, or SM465, you need to bore the bearing hole out. Um, I offer that. If you want your same case back, of course, I'm going to drop it off to the machinist in California. Two time. weeks later, I'm going to go pick it up. Yeah. Or I have others here that are already bored. Yeah. Bring it by. I'll swap you for just the cost of the machine. I mean, those cases you showed us, I mean, they're cleaned up, painted. They... I would rather run a run of yours than mine. Yeah, <laughs> the, just those spares. That the, okay, not spares. They're the ones in process. Wait, in waiting process in process. Yeah, to be built. In line. I right. mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's uh, what's uh, so you build these to order because you used to make them and then it wasn't what the customer would want, so you fine tune some, take them apart. So now they're built to order. What's right. the standard build time? Um, if you absolutely have to have it tomorrow because you're in some kind of competition or whatever. I can make it happen. Wow. I like to do four days. Even that's fast. Would be better. Yeah. Um, if you're in California, of course, I'm going to pick it up on the weekend, two weekends. Yeah. Approximately two weekends. Sometimes I skip to three weeks. I would then be So there's a lot back. of factors. If they want right. to supply their core and it's got to be shipped, if it's got to be machined, yeah. if it's custom. But, I mean, just your right. standard one, like yeah. you, you buy it, you're in no massive rush, you know, yeah. but a good solid four days a week. Right, a week or so. You know, right. if you have all the parts and okay, right. so but, like. But if if I had the money and I needed it, it's an emergency. Our team's not going to make it in a very short amount of time. You have everything here to, you yes. could make it work. Yes. Yeah, you I could, mean, as long as you didn't break an adapter from Northwest Fabs that I may yeah, not have. Yeah. But right. as far as the two hundred five, I have inputs, yeah. outputs, gears. But you don't shift stock forks. the underdrive boxes. You don't really stock anything like that. Correct. So you even so order. if you order them, if they're like, okay, I want this built with a magnum box, you'd have to wait for magnum boxes to show up. Correct. That's all out of your hands again. So yeah. let's just be realistic about it, right? So telling them, right. yeah. <laughs> so. Last year, last year at King of the Hammers, I I'm trying to remember the name of the the four by group. Um, they were competing. They had a Chevy van with a Dodge divorced transfer case. And it was, I think, Thursday night, and they had to be ready to go at 8 o'clock the next morning. And I asked them what it is, take pictures, let me make sure I had everything. I told them, I'm going to start pulling parts out right now. You're going to have to drive from King of the Hammers down to where I was at in Chino Hills and bring it to me. I'll get it going. Wow. And I stayed up all night, got it done. Didn't charge any extra because I don't mind a challenge again. Got it fixed. He came back, I believe it was like 5.30 in the morning. Him him and his girlfriend went and got a hotel instead of sitting out yeah. front in the van. Um, they came, picked it up, and he said they got it done. They got it in the van, and they they did good. I, I don't know yeah. what they were competing in. That's, awesome. That's amazing. But, but stuff like that, we can make it happen. Within driving distance of one night to complete that. I mean, Right. I'd say from... Chino Hills to King of Hammers is probably like an hour and a half, oh. hour and 45 minutes maybe. That's that's close. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we can make it happen if it has to. So you're a good contact to have. Yeah, you would definitely want to be, you would want to be in our Rolodex for yeah. the old people. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. again, also parts. Um, most of the time I deliver, even around here, I, I have uh, uh, Kyle Green. 
in Gilbert. He builds race trucks and stuff like that. Um, I've delivered to him before. Wow. So if, if you're anywhere close, you know, close to a couple hours, yeah, yeah. I don't mind driving to you to drop it off. Who huh. else do we know that runs a Ford 205? A Ford? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. A 205. A 205. Just the big Willie's is the only one I know right now. I, I, mean, I mean, most of our oh, wheeling buddies have Jeeps with Jeep transfer cases. All the newer stuff. But um, the guy that. Uh, uh, DNR Fab, that guy, he's got 205s. Oh, okay. Things like he's the one that's trying to flip it. So, oh, the um, just throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> t- tell him to call me. I think me. he just tries to do it to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's what he does. <laughs> he's going to have nonstop leaks, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, they always. Well, see, I was going to ask. That was another question. How do you not have leaks? Because You're, they're always leaking, and not even on just a flipped one. Everything I've ever touched leaked. <laughs> so what's the key? What's the key? Your 205 leaks. You did it wrong. It sweats through it. It's got to be so porous that somehow it's sweating through the mm. case. <laughs> don't know that I've ever seen I, that. I don't think my 205 is leaking. Mine doesn't because I have a skid plate under there, so it just catches everything. You know what I mean? But it looks good. It doesn't, doesn't leak like... The, the biggest problem that I see with 205s that cause leaks is from over-pressurization. People use way too much silicone. Silicone is oh. not supposed to be a gasket maker for a 205 <laughs> i use permatex gray right behind you see that screwdriver sticking up there on the top shelf yep. just to the left right there grab that screwdriver okay. it's connected to a tube of silicone oh, yeah. oh black look how small how tiny that hole is yeah and it's because you only use enough to make the gasket stick right you or fill the void that's it, right? Right. That little tiny pockets and voids. If yeah. you're seeing silicone squeeze out of the side of the parts in the gaskets, yeah. you're using too much. I use and too much. And what happens that. is there's some passages in the 205 that cannot be plugged. Once they get plugged, pretty much... Sorry, buddy. No, cus- no customer is, yeah. service for you. Don't say what this is. Oh, okay. We'll see if Max knows. Once, once the passages on the 205 are plugged, it'll, when it heats up, it pressurize, overpressurizes, and it'll make everything start leaking. Huh. Once it starts leaking, it's not going to stop. Yeah. Take it back out. You got any, I have a guess what that is. I think, drive I think seals? Mine is. No, I think it's something else. Oh. I mean, it's probably for that, too. It's probably Hit. dual well, it's purpose. It's got a nice, solid ring around it, so you're hitting something pretty hard. Maybe you're pulling out bearings or something, or see. It. What, do you, what do you think it is? It's definitely been hammered. I thought it was um, like your to get the idler in there. No. You know, like when you go to put the shims and stuff on. Like I have one out of PVC, but no, that's to drive the rail seals. Son of a bitch! So they go on straight. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was my next guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The um, I just tapped the rail seals. <laughs> And they just went that down, they went down, no, you know went what? down. <laughs> That works so much better. Um, uh, so everybody knows when you're taking the idler shaft out, it's a bear to get out. You can hit it with a rubber mallet. It's going to come out. If it is, like, really stuck and not coming out, the way that I will get them out, and you guys can do yeah. this so you don't damage the threads. I have it. Because once you damage them, it's extra money to hold that oh take it like that and just whack it with a hammer like that so what he's doing is he has a small ball peen for the people that are just listening a ball peen hammer in the hole at the end of it and he puts the round part in and then smacks it with a larger hammer up on top 
onto the other ball peen. And there's a recess in, in here for... Right. Uh, like an air probably, hammer. Probably, <laughs> just, oh. probably machining or something. Yeah, they're on both sides. But yeah. I, I get them all the time where people, they just they get out Mushroom the hammer... It. What else you got? Anything else you wanna you wanna tell the world? Um, or anything we didn't touch on? The only thing I can think is I don't know. I use Pour Fifteen paint. It seems to work really well. Um, I, the the I finished cases look amazing. So you don't cover you don't you don't protect that, huh? You paint all that? Just paint it because then I, I go with a razor blade and I clean everything down. Oh, you know, back to bare metal. So okay, so you did okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be an issue at all. I was trying to see everything like, uh, oh, all right, because I don't really know. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I'm only self-taught through a book. Nice. I, I think we can wrap it up. That was, yeah. that was really good. I think so, too. And then we'll just get a lot of good little shots and some footage. And okay. we'll, and maybe get a we'll have a nice, uh, like, your, your logo and the sign so we can post that up a little bit. Yeah, we'll do a, after this after this airs or whatever. We'll come back and maybe we'll have to recap with some questions that we get, oh, yeah. you know, things like okay. that. Have another yeah. trip Or around. maybe next time it can be by a campfire. True. I'll mm. go. And, again, if these guys need any parts or anything, I sell all kinds of parts. Yeah. If they need adapter kits, e- even if they're doing their own work, call me. Let me get you some pricing. I can't um, tell you, like, when I was building it, you can read everything, but literally when you find somebody... You want that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the contact. Like we here in Phoenix, we can build anything in Phoenix, but half the people don't know where all the parts are. You know what I mean? There's right. a guy that just does carburetors. Right. There's a guy that rebuilds just starters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there is Phoenix. And, and has, they might not be advertising as no, much. No, they're so they hard have, to find. They have a customer base. They're known yep. in their circles, but maybe not in my circle. You're yeah. not driving around town and finding you. You know what I mean? Right. So like, right. so so to get it out here it's important when you find somebody that's a specialist in this and, and that's you want those contacts you know what right. i mean like and that's right. important and you're phoenix and california local or whatever that's i think yeah. that's huge dude. Works out so, really that's well. awesome yeah. if, if you'll hand me my phone right there i'll show you one more thing really quick and if you guys want to look at my instagram it's np205 cases yeah um that's actually how i found you yeah I started you'll, watching you'll see a lot of good stuff here so, so Instagram is at NV205 cases. NP. Oh, NP. Yeah, of course. New process. NP205 right. cases. Yes. <laughs> and then do you have a website as well? Or um, not, you don't use one a whole lot? I'm ashamed of my website because it okay. used to be nice. GoDaddy got GoDaddy.com upgraded me and crashed it. Uh, so now it's pretty much it's a... the exact same thing happened to me. And I just a, haven't rebuilt it yeah, for my, I, uh, my regular business. I haven't either... Yeah, so, so it's got the, the front page and then the contact page, I think, is it. And yeah. it says, call me direct. Call me or text me direct. <laughs> and Perfect. I'll talk to you. Here, here's a idea of my following. When I get a customer that buys a new process transfer case. Oh, wow. I'm still shocked at how many people are out there. Okay, we're finally up I to, mean, the, it has to be thousands. the D's. Wow. He's just swiping and swiping and yeah. swiping and swiping. We're finally up to the I mean, M's. If this has been your full-time deal for 15-plus years, there's no way. it's it's. You're not dealing with hundreds of customers. You're dealing with oh, thousands yeah, of customers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that's there's, ridiculous. Dude. There's nothing good about doing your business on the phone. My phone crashed a while back. Uh. And... Thank God I found a very talented person to recover everything. The phone was junk. He got everything back, though. I had over 180,000 text messages uh, for customers only with their pictures, oh, yeah. invoices, Reference. everything. 
and he got everything back wow. and taught me do how you now to back, back up, up somehow. Or, yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Yes. We'll have to hack that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with the Good cloud. I bet. <laughs> we know. We're just as. That would be my next big issue too. Is when. When that phone goes down and oh. you can't get the backup or something's in limbo and, you know, the cloud is having a rainy day and you just don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, bad. It, and, is, and it is very bad. We rely heavily on phones. Too heavily. Too heavily. I almost lost mine on my last outing at the Go Devil Run. I lost, somebody else accidentally picked it up and threw it in their Jeep. Oh. But for like three hours, we didn't know where it was, you know? Yeah, and that then, would uh, be bad. Tell, I tell you, got a hold of my kid, and my kid said, find my phone. And I knew I lost it in Prescott, and it was back at camp. So we knew it was in somebody's Jeep. Somebody that was So we just you. walked around and called it until somebody spotted it. Wow. So Yeah, you got lucky. Yeah, big time, you right? So, all right, folks, on that note, we hope you learned something. Uh, if you haven't, you've at least learned to contact. And if you didn't, you weren't listening. So um, <laughs> thanks for listening, watching, all that good stuff. Great show. Great show. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. It It's very nice to meet you, man. Thank you. And that's a wrap, folks.